0: In this episode, we'll peel back the layers of misogyny and fatphobia, exploring how they impact our lives and, most importantly, how we can stand tall against them. We're here to have a deep, thoughtful conversation, but also to uplift and inspire. This is about finding our collective strength and using it to forge a path to empowerment and self-love. So get cozy, grab your favorite beverage, and let's lean into this together. It's time to challenge the norms, break down barriers, and celebrate our journey towards true self-acceptance. Welcome to Say When. I'm your host, Holly Toscanini. This podcast is for any woman who's had enough of restrictive diets, feeling bad about their bodies, or putting their lives on hold until they lose the weight. If you've had enough of diet culture, then it's time to Say When. Hello and welcome to the Say When podcast. I'm your host, Holly Toscanini. I believe in the power of intuitive eating, body acceptance, and embracing health at every size. It's not just about living, it's about thriving in the body you have right now with unconditional confidence. Today, we're exploring a topic that's both challenging and crucial understanding and overcoming misogyny and fat phobia. Now, these aren't just buzzwords, they are pervasive forces that shape our experiences our self-perception, and the way society views us as people who identify as women. Now, I want to introduce you to the work of Kate Mann. Kate Mann is a prominent author and philosopher, known for her incisive work on feminism, misogyny, and social justice. As an associate professor of philosophy at Cornell University, Mann brings a unique blend of academic rigor and cultural relevance to her writing and teaching. She holds a PhD from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and an undergraduate degree from the University of Melbourne. Mann's groundbreaking work, Down Girl, The Logic of Misogyny, published in 2017, offers a nuanced exploration of misogyny in contemporary society. Her analysis distinguishes between misogyny and sexism and delves into how misogyny functions as a system that polices and enforces gender norms. The book has been highly influential, sparking discussions in both academic circles and the wider public sphere. Following the success of Down Girl, Mann published Entitled, How Male Privilege Hurts Women in 2020. This work further explores themes of gender and power dynamics, focusing on societal entitlements and how they intersect with various forms of oppression. Now, Mann's writings extend beyond her books with contributions to prominent publications like the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Atlantic. And her work is characterized by clarity, accessibility, and the ability to connect her philosophical concepts with everyday experiences. Now, Kate Mann continues to be a vital voice in contemporary feminist discussion, challenging and enlightening readers and students alike with her thoughtful and provocative analysis. I recently read her latest book, Unshrinking, How to Face Fat Phobia. Now, in this book, Kate Mann shows why fat phobia has become a vital social justice issue. Over the last several decades, implicit bias has decreased in every category from race to sexual orientation, except one, body size. Man examines how anti-fatness operates, how it leads us to make devastating assumptions about a person's attractiveness, fortitude, and intellect, and how it intersects with other systems of oppression. Fat phobia is responsible for wage gaps, medical neglect, and poor educational outcomes. It's like a straitjacket, restricting our freedom, our movement, and our potential. Her work remains a beacon, guiding us through these complex issues. And Kate's insightful analysis of misogyny and how it intertwines with societal attitudes towards women's bodies is more than just academic. It's really a call to action for all women. So let's start talking first about fat phobia. It's really a fear and disdain of fatness, both in others and ourselves. But it's more than just personal prejudice, it's a societal issue. Fat phobia is deeply rooted in the belief that thinness equals worthiness, desirability, and even moral virtue. It's a standard that's relentlessly pushed on us by the media and fashion and even our everyday interactions. The term fat has been turned into an insult instead of a neutral description like thin or short or tall, just like the way girl has been turned into an insult, like you throw like a girl or you hit like a girl, you know what I mean. Now, in 2019, research done at Harvard showed that out of the six forms of implicit bias, which are race, skin tone, sexual orientation, race, disability, and body weight, anti fatness is the only bias that has steadily gotten worse since 2007. In Unshrinking, Mann says that it's not fatness that's problematic for society, but fat phobia. And in this book, she really attempts to dismantle three main myths of fat phobia. And the first one is that your excess weight really isn't the death sentence that you've been told. The second myth is that weight isn't as easy to control as we've been led to believe. I mean, you can just Google social determinants of health and see that for yourself. And third, while it's true that many people can lose weight, keeping it off long term is rare. So what we learn is that when it comes to our health, being fit is what matters much more than being fat. Unfortunately, many people, especially those in the medical community, the fitness and fashion industries, they all continue to make body fat the main issue. And this just leads to weight stigma. So why is this a problem? Well, two of the main reasons are that because of weight stigma, people in larger bodies may not seek health care because every interaction they have with their medical provider is met with the diagnosis of weight loss before any credibility is given to the individual's initial complaint or reason for seeking medical treatment in the first place. And... Weight stigma may also cause people in larger bodies to resist going to gyms or fitness centers to work out because of being openly ridiculed, mocked, or stared at. Now, let's talk about misogyny. As Mann describes, it isn't just a generalized hatred towards women. It's more insidious than that. It's a societal enforcement mechanism that's used to keep women in their place, Misogyny punishes women who don't conform to societal expectations and who don't adhere to those prescribed roles. It's about control, about maintaining a status quo where women's bodies and women's choices are policed and regulated. These concepts of misogyny and fat phobia are not about overt hate. They're about control. They're about regulating women's bodies and choices, about dictating what is acceptable and allowable and what is not. They're tools used to maintain a power structure where women's value is intrinsically linked to their appearance and subservience, and where deviation from the norm is met with judgment, scorn, and even retaliation. And here is where it gets even more entwined. Societal standards of beauty are not just random preferences. They're crafted and upheld by these very mechanisms of control. These standards tell us that to be beautiful, to be desirable, to be worthy, we must be thin and we must fit a certain mold. This is gaslighting. It's a form of social control, a way to keep women striving for an unattainable ideal, spending our energy, our time, and our money in pursuit of approval and acceptance. Now, I want to read an excerpt from Untrinking, and this starts on page 153 for those of you who may already have the book or for those of you who are thinking about purchasing it. I quote, the victim of diet culture experiences a severance of the cord of trust that should run between her agency and her thoughts, feelings, appetites, and other more diffuse mental states, such as her sense of bodily worth and well-being. Increasingly, we know better than to diet to try to shrink ourselves down to size. But gaslighting makes us feel guilty, unworthy, unhealthy, ugly, and yes, fat, understood as a pejorative, not a neutral descriptor, for refusing to diet. We are not just told what to do, nor are we merely complicit, We are actively recruited, made agents in our own oppressive lifestyles. Diet culture also gaslights us in subtler ways. This dry rice cake is so satisfying. This delicious fatty food is actually nasty, even disgusting. Nothing tastes as good as thin feels, in parentheses, although thinness is not only elusive, but feels like nothing whatsoever. We just need this one new supplement. We just need this meal kit service. We just need this exorbitantly expensive piece of exercise equipment. Other people have exceeded, in parentheses, results not typical, where we have failed. This isn't a diet, it's a lifestyle, or a detox, or a cleanse, in parentheses, our bodies by implication, when left to their own devices, are dirty and contaminated. This isn't about being thin, it's about being strong, in parentheses, said while showcasing one's newly developed, rippling muscles. This is about your health, including your mental health. This is about self-care. This is for you. Well, dear listeners, Kate Mann calls bullshit. And so do I. You see, the pressure to conform to these standards leads to a myriad of issues. Body dysmorphia, eating disorders, self-esteem issues, and so much more. It's a cycle of control that keeps women preoccupied with their appearance, diverting attention from their power, their potential, and their individuality. But here's the thing, my friends. Recognizing this is the first step towards breaking free. By understanding the roots of these issues, we can start to dismantle them both within ourselves and in society at large. Imagine living in a world where your value is constantly measured by how closely you fit a narrow, often unattainable standard of beauty. This is the reality for so many women. It's a society where thinness is not just preferred, but is often seen as synonymous with success, health, and even moral goodness. This constant pressure isn't just disheartening, it's damaging, both on a psychological and emotional level. The impact of this societal value system is profound. For those who internalize these standards, the result can be a destructive relationship with their own bodies. We're talking about self-esteem issues that stem from feeling perpetually inadequate. There's a perpetual sense of failure for many women, a feeling that no matter how hard they try, they'll never be good enough because they don't fit into the slim mold that society praises. Then there are eating disorders, a direct and often devastating consequence of this pressure. Eating disorders aren't just about food, they're about control, a sense of worth tied up in body size and an internalized fear of fatness. They are complex, dangerous, and sadly all too common. Body dysmorphia is another consequence where individuals can't see their bodies as they truly are. They're caught in a disordered distorted perception, often believing that they are much larger than they are, or fixating on perceived flaws that are either minor or simply non-existent. This constant dissatisfaction with one's body can lead to a range of harmful behaviors and a life consumed by the pursuit of an impossible standard. But the impact doesn't stop at a personal level. It spills over into professional lives as well. Women who don't conform to these standards often face discrimination in the workplace. They're judged not just on their abilities, but their appearance. Studies have shown that weight bias can affect hiring decisions, promotions, and pay. It's a form of prejudice that's less talked about, but it's pervasive and damaging. In personal relationships too, these issues take a toll. Women might hold themselves back from romantic relationships friendships or social activities because they feel like they don't measure up. They might hide their true selves, fearing judgment or rejection. This is the heavy burden of living in a society that values thinness above almost everything else. It's a burden that affects mental health, relationships, career opportunities, and overall quality of life. Now, as women, we get trapped in this diet culture because we don't think we have a choice. Now, while these issues are deeply ingrained, they are not insurmountable. There are ways to break free from these chains, to rediscover and reclaim our inherent value and worth in all its forms. So, how do we challenge internalized beliefs about body image and worth? How do we rebuild our relationship with our bodies? First and foremost, it's crucial to understand that challenging, deep-seated beliefs about body image and worth is a journey, not a destination. It takes time, patience, and consistent effort. So start by questioning and reframing those negative thoughts. Start by identifying and challenging your negative beliefs about your body. When you catch yourself thinking something harmful, pause and question it. I mean, Where did you learn to think this way about yourself? And is it really true? And who does this belief really serve? Then actively reframe that thought into something neutral or something slightly more empowering. And instead of focusing on how your body looks, cultivate some neutrality and focus on what it can do for you. Appreciate your body for its functionality and the experiences it allows you to have. Or better yet, consider Body reflexivity, as Kate Mann calls it, which asks us to rethink who it is that our bodies are here for in the first place. Ourselves. Our bodies aren't responsible for pleasing anybody but ourselves. Radical, right? And embrace the concepts of intuitive eating. This means listening to your body's hunger and fullness cues rather than following external diet rules. This is about reconnecting with your body and its wisdom and learning to trust its signals. And be gentle with yourself. Practice some self-compassion. Understand that it's totally normal that you're feeling this way, and it's not your fault. Treat yourself with the same kindness and understanding you would offer a family member or a dear friend. And then engage in a little self-care. Prioritize activities that make you feel good about yourself. And it doesn't have to be a spa day. It could be something as simple as going for a walk or doing a hobby that you really love. Self-care is about honoring your needs and giving yourself permission to rest and rejuvenate. And remember, this is all about building resilience. Resilience is like a muscle. The more you work on it, the stronger it becomes. So celebrate every victory, no matter how small, and learn from your setbacks. Remind yourself of your strengths and your accomplishments. And surround yourself with people who uplift you and share your values of body neutrality and acceptance. This could be online communities, local groups, or even a group of friends who understand and support your journey. And if you're struggling with these deep-seated body image issues or, or even think you might have some eating disorders, it's really crucial to seek professional help. Therapists, counselors, coaches, or other mental health professionals can provide the guidance and support you need to heal. Remember, challenging internalized beliefs about your body is a process and it requires consistent practice, but I guarantee you it is one of the most rewarding journeys you can ever undertake. By practicing self-compassion, engaging in self-care, and building resilience, you're not just changing how you view your body, you're changing how you live your life I want to emphasize the importance of collective action and the role each one of us has in creating a more accepting and inclusive society, highlighting the interconnectedness of personal empowerment and and the broader societal change. Together, we can create a ripple effect of neutrality, reflexivity, and even acceptance let's begin by critically evaluating the messages we see in the media. I mean, we're constantly bombarded with messages about our bodies through advertisements, movies, social media, and even everyday conversations with our friends, our families, and our co-workers. It's crucial to develop a critical ear. Ask yourself, what message is this sending? Whose standards are these? And are they realistic or healthy? By questioning these messages, we begin to dismantle their power over us and over society. And it could be as simple as becoming an advocate for body inclusivity. This could mean speaking up when you hear somebody body shaming another person or sharing resources on body neutrality or supporting campaigns that promote diverse body representation. Education plays a key role here too, informing ourselves and others about the impact of body shaming and the importance of body acceptance. Knowledge is power, and it's a tool we can use to spark change. And in our own circles, whether it's family or friends or work, we can foster an environment of acceptance and understanding. And this could mean celebrating diversity in body sizes and shapes and challenging the notion that one body type is superior to another. It's about changing the conversation from one that focuses on appearance to one that values people for who they are. And you know, next let's think about empowering each other to embrace our own bodies as they are. When women feel empowered to love and accept our bodies, the impact goes beyond the individual. It affects our relationships, our work, and our communities. And women who are confident and comfortable in their own skin are more likely to take on leadership roles, to speak up, and to advocate for themselves and others. This kind of empowerment can lead to broader societal changes, breaking down the barriers of traditional beauty standards and really paving the way for a more inclusive and accepting society. The journey to body inclusivity and fighting against societal standards is definitely not a solo mission. It's a collective movement that gains strength with every single voice that joins in. By critically evaluating the messages we receive and advocating for change and empowering each other, we can create a society where everyone feels valued irrespective of their body size or shape. Now today we've had what I think is an enlightening discussion about understanding and overcoming misogyny and fat phobia, and how we as individuals and as a collective can pave the way for change we began by defining misogyny and fatphobia using insights from Kate Mann's impactful work and her latest book, Unshrinking, How to Face Fatphobia. We explored how this isn't just about overt hate, but is a mechanism for controlling and policing women's bodies and choices. We unpacked the deep-seated psychological emotional impacts of living in a society that idolizes thinness and marginalizes those who don't conform discussing the consequences of internalized fat phobia and misogyny like self-esteem issues, eating disorders, and body dysmorphia. We then shifted to strategies for personal empowerment like challenging internalized beliefs, practicing self-compassion, engaging in self-care, and embracing intuitive eating and body neutrality. And we also talked about the importance of seeking supportive communities and professional help when needed. And finally, we recognized the crucial role of collective action in combating societal standards. We discussed how critical evaluation of media, advocacy, education, and empowering each other to embrace our bodies can lead to broader societal changes. I want to reaffirm the message of hope and empowerment here. This isn't just a conversation. It's a movement, and you're a vital part of it. I encourage you to continue this conversation in your circles and share your thoughts and stories and be a beacon of change in your own community. Now for further reading and support, I highly recommend Kate Mann's books, Down Girl and Entitled, and her new book, Unshrinking, How to Face Fat Phobia, which came out January 9th of this year, 2024. They all offer profound insights into the topics we've discussed today. Thank you to each and every one of you for joining me on this episode of Say When, and don't forget to tune in for our next episode where we'll continue to explore important topics that touch our lives. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your stories, so share them with me on social media or by email. Your voice matters, and your experience can inspire others and empower them too. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving a five-star review. Your support means the world to me, and it helps spread this message of living a non-diet lifestyle even further. And if you're looking for some personalized guidance, don't hesitate to reach out for my coaching services. You can find all the details on my website, hollytoscanini.com. Remember, you're not alone on this journey. Together, we are stronger, braver, and capable of sparking real change. Until next time, stay empowered and keep saying when to those things that no longer serve you. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Say When, the podcast for women who've had enough of diet culture and are ready to get on with their lives. If you'd like to learn more about working with me, send me a DM through Instagram at Holly Toscanini, or you can find me on my website, hollytoscanini.com. Thanks for joining me.